Hello, welcome to day two of the Odds Checker podcast, looking at the Welcome to Yorkshire Ebor Festival from York Racecourse. I'm your host, Danny Archer, and we'll be previewing day two of the meeting alongside Odds Checker's resident tipster, Andy Holding. You can read Andy's tips on the Odds Checker app every single day, and of course, during the Ebor Festival, and also Rory Delaghi. So looking ahead to day two, the feature race, another group one, is the Yorkshire Oaks. This sees Snowfall, Aidan O'Brien's superstar, bid to maintain her unbeaten record this year. She looks one of the most exciting fillies in training, and hopefully she can confirm that with victory in this event. We've also got the likes of the Lauber Stakes and the interesting listed Gultra Stakes as well. So just looking ahead to day two first, chaps, obviously it looks to be all about Snowfall. Uh, what do you kind of make of her so far this season? Is she one of the most exciting horses we've got in training anywhere, Andy? You'd have to say so, yeah. I mean, you know, her, her winning margins are, are extraordinary, aren't they? You know, she she obviously has got York form as well, which is great. We, we touched upon in the first preview. Some of these short price favourites look great, but if they haven't got York form, you, you're always a little bit sceptical. Well, I am anyway. Uh, but a, a victory uh, over Noon Star stood the test. I mean, 16 lengths demol- uh, demolition job in the in the in the Oaks was something to behold. Um, and <laughs> she did almost a copy and paste performance again in the Irish Oaks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's, she's going to be a very, very short price. I don't know what price she will be. A lot depends on what the opposition is. Obviously, now Love's not going to be there. Will Wonderful tonight turn up? You know, that she's very much ground dependent. Um, you know, there's a couple of older horses that will certainly fly the flag for, for the older category in, in um, Kirsten Rosings, Albaflor or Al, Alpinista. And Alpinista, of course, chased home Love in, in this race last year. She, she, she's got a bit of course form, but um, it's a race really that I don't want to dwell on too much because they're just not real betting races for me, these. Um, unless I can see a bet without the favour, which we haven't got the markets for at the moment. They're, they're very difficult to um, have a, say a dogmatic view, but something interesting to say about, really. I don't know what Rory's uh, views are. Well, just on Rory, just on the race, obviously you've had Enable win it two times in the last four years, Sea of Class and Love. It's probably been one of, you know, in terms of winners, quite a strong group one in recent years. Yeah, it's it's um it sits at a very good time in the calendar for for those top class fillies who um who are trying to sort of join together a a summer and autumn campaign. Um, I think it could it could fall a little bit flat otherwise, but um yeah, for fillies who are good enough to to be aimed at the arc, it's it's um it's a perfect sort of prep for that. Um, gives um gives trainers time to uh you know to keep them ticking over um afterwards, but it's just a, it's a it's a nice target. Um, to aim at, and it's as a result we've seen some um, uh, some exceptional recent winners. Um, there've been times when it's been a little bit um, a little bit below that standard, but it's usually a, a pretty strong event for the grade. And um, well, we're going to see um, we're going to see a couple of very good fillies in it this year as well. We've got a seven race card. We kick off at one fifty with the Skybet Lava Stakes, and the action concludes at five twenty p.m. Before we get into the action, I'm just going to point you in the direction of the Odds Checker site and app. It's the best place to compare odds, extra places, and offers between the major bookmakers, and you'll also get free daily tips from Andy and many more. But as already alluded to, we kick off with the Skybet Lava Stakes, a Group Two event over six furlongs. Just to let you know, we are recording this on Monday afternoon, so we don't have the final decks yet and there could be slight changes. But at the moment, the anti-post favourite is Sandrine at 7-4. to four. We've then got Hello You at 13-2. to two. At 7-1 to one is Zane Claudette. Desert Dreamer 8-1, to one, along with Illustrating. System is 11-1, to one, and it's 12-1 to one bar. 
But Sandrine's looks a really exciting prospect so far, Andy, this year. Unbeaten in three starts. She's been a bit of a superstar as well for David Probert, who's enjoying a fantastic season, already uh, recording over 100 winners. What do you make of her chances in the opener on day two? Yeah, the right favourite as far as I can see. Certainly backed up on the time figures that we keep. You know, like I said, uh, 93. Um, there's only been two two rolls that we've got doing a 93 this season. Lou Sale being the other one in the July stakes, and that race has worked out well. And and the, the form of the um, victory of Sandream at uh, Newmarket has, has also gone the same way with uh, Desert Dream of the horse that chased her home, finishing an honourable runner-up to uh, Zane Claudette in, in the Princess Margaret. So... It's hard to knock her, really. She's got a likeable attitude. She switches off well. She gives herself a chance. She's got a deadly turn of foot. Some of her sectional times when she's been in top gear have been uh, breathtaking. The yard shows no signs of relenting. David Probert's riding with a huge amount of confidence. So th there's a hell of a lot going for her. I, I think if you're looking for the, a betting the race and, and you think, well, what's the one that looks slightly overpriced based on all knowledge that we know. And you'd have to say Desert Dreamer probably falls into that category at eight to one. You know, she got beat by Sandrine at, at, at Newmarket, but there was a whole pile of difference in where they challenged on the track. And, um, it, you know, you could argue that she was a little smidgen unlucky that day. She only just failed on the bob at um, um, Asker when Zane Claudette beat her. Um, but again, she's she's... She's run another commendable race. She's, she's proven at this level. And I think she's also got the run style that will be suited to York. We talk about horses not running at York and you're trying to, in your mind, vision horses that might well act on at this track that haven't been there before. And I think she does tick that box because she's a hold-up fiddly that likes to come through late. And when they open up at York at the latter stage and horses have gone too fast, she's the kind of filly that will be doing all her best work at the end, which is the kind of horse I like to be backing here. Um, Oshie Murphy, I think, has been booked as well, which obviously can't be seen as a negative. So I don't think there's an absolute chasm between them. And at seven to four, the one, Sandrine, the right favourite, as I said. But eight to one, Desert Dream, is she really an eight to one shot? Four times the price? It's all about backing the right horse at the right prices for me. Certainly my column's based on that. And I'd rather go each way, Desert Dreamer despite the healthy opinion I've got on Sandrine, because I just don't want to be piling in at seven to four. So that's the way I'd approach the race. Desert Dreamer each way. And you feel Desert Dreamer, you know, was only just caught close home by Zane Claudette. If the races, you know, run more more to suit, you feel like she'll reverse the placings with that horse? Well, that's a different track and a different day, different ground. And as we know, it's it's not always exactly, doesn't go exactly the way you, you, you think it will. I mean, I back, I put up Zane Claudette when she won at Ascot. I thought she was overpriced that day, based on our numbers at Newmarket. Uh, so I got, a, like I say, I got a healthy amount of respect for Ishmael Mohammed's filly. But um, like I say, just just looking on what they've done this season and the intricacies of the of this race, um, I think I think Desert Dreamer is probably the most likely to run a race time and time again. And like I say, if you back her each way at eight to one, you'd be disappointed if you did if you did your money there, wouldn't you? I mean, she might come and stick again, finish second or third. But look, you know, you, you're making a profit. You, 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 you just keep backing those horses that are wrong price, and the jacks going to come up every now and again. So as Andy says, Desert Dreamer eight to one with the likes of Skybet, Paddy Power, William Hill, and Betfair. What about yourself, Rory? <clears throat> uh, the one thing I, I uh, want to ask anyone who knows better than me: um, 
Hermana Estrella, is she, uh, I'm guessing by the prices, she's not coming here, or the bookmakers have got it very wrong. Um, she was um, she was a really impressive winner on her debut beating the Queen Mary winner, um, Quick Susie. And she actually, she's been bought by um, uh, Paul Smith and so and cool since that. Um, she's got lots of entries, um, including this race, but she's priced up at 14 to 1 in places for this, which suggests that, um, uh, that she's considered an unlikely runner. Um, because on, on the um, on the basis of her debut win, um, you know, to, to win a group three on debut the way she did, uh, from a from a filly who then won the, the Queen Mary, uh, you'd expect her to be a pretty short price. I mean, I, I've got a view on that race that um, um, the runner up was the best horse on the race on the day. Um, she just raced a little bit too freely in front, and I thought her mana Australia and got a very good ride from Chris Hayes. She was a big price that day and not really fancied. Um, but sitting off the pace and coming through late was probably a benefit to her. But in saying that, given she wasn't fancy, she was a 50 to one shot. Uh, she wasn't being knocked about to go and win that is, is very impressive. Um, so I, I find the prices about her rather strange. But if she was an intended runner, I, I don't think it would have lasted 10 minutes, quite frankly. I think uh, they would have gone and she's entered um, in Ireland on Saturday as well. So I think she's more likely to stay at home on, on, that, uh, on that evidence. Um, but she did turn up. Um, she'd be a very interesting runner indeed. Uh, aside from that, I completely agree with Andy. Um, I, I thought I might have a, an interesting angle in here. I li I've, I've liked Desert Dreamer since day one. She beat Nymphadora um, on debut despite um, pulling ridiculously hard and, and running green. And the only time she hasn't run really well was in, was in um, very quick ground at Ascot uh, at the Royal Meeting. But then she proved that she, you know, that was just an off day because she ran a cracker in the Princess Market. I thought she should have won that. I think Osher Murphy um, made the wrong move at a crucial stage not 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 massive criticism of the jockey it was one of those where the winner uh, got a gap towards the uh, uh the near side and and Oshin murphy got a gap towards the far side and i think that made the difference between victory and defeat for him um there was very very little in it at the line and she's she's just been tremendously consistent i thought she was a little unlucky in the run on her two runs um in group company in the empress sticks uh, and again i thought in the uh, in the duchess of cambridge to some degree she wasn't in the in the right part of the track, but she did very goodly at work both times. And as Andy says, she's the ideal type for for an each way bet. The one thing you you don't want is a is a um, a filly with an outstanding chance in a race like this, who's a front runner and then does does loads of running, looks like winning for a long way, and then gets swallowed up and finishes fourth. Whereas she's going to be um, coming from off the pace, and she's done it often enough. She's got lots of experience. She keeps getting better. Um, she can still race a little bit freely, but she's getting better in that regard as well. Um, and, you know, a big field for this will suit her really well. And as, as Andy says, it's, it's hard to see her out of the frame. It's not, it's not easy to make a case for her um, beating Sandrine. But as we said, enough short price favourites get sunk at York um, for no obvious reason um, that you'd be happy having an each way bet on, um, on Desert Dreamer rather than backing Sandrine. But as I said, if, if Hermana Australia rocks up here, that, it looks a different race with her in it. Um, but I'm assuming she doesn't because of the... Um, of the way we're betting at the moment but sometimes you know assumptions can be dangerous okay interesting so i'm on australia 14 to 1 with paddy power but i short to 17 to 2 with betfred so make sure that you do shop around on the odds checker app just rory a little word on hello you obviously unbeaten in two starts on the all weather now switches to turf what do you kind of make of her credentials for this race i think if you're going to back her you're going to get a better price on the day um she's um uh, she was very impressive on her debut uh, and went to Royal Ascot with a um, uh, with with a big chance in the Albany. Uh, she's run very well in both starts since. 
Um, but she's moved from Rafe Beckett to uh, Dave Lochnan. I think a few people will be put off by that. It wouldn't put me off at all. Uh, Dave Lochnan showed mm -hmm. last year that he's a very good mm -hmm. trainer of a two-year-old filly. He had the first and second in the, in the Princess Market last year. So I think a few people will look at the stable change and decide that it's a bit of a negative uh, and her price will, will suffer as a result. I think she ends up, you might end up getting double figures or better. Um, so if you do like her chances. So he's, done amazing, he's done amazingly well with Go Bears Go, hasn't he, Rory, as well? He has, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 well, again, people should be aware of that now. But I still do have that little that bit of snobbishness that people will think Rafe, Rafe Beckett is a, is a better trainer than Dave Lockdown. And that's not, not to knock either of them, but I don't think the stable switch is in any way a, a negative. Um, but I think that the betting may just um, push her in that direction and you end up getting a bigger price now than um, that. Sorry, a bigger price on the day than you do now. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't put you off her. Her form is, her form is solid um, and she's got, um, she's got decent place claims. Um, but it's just a case of picking the right time to have a bet, and um, I will, I will suggest that you might just get. What well, she's thirteen to two second favorite now, isn't she? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I yeah. think she ends up being third or fourth in, um, and you get you get you know more like eight nine to one about her. The one I actually meant to say, also I've got my ammo racing colours wrong, was Thunderlove, who's unbeaten in Tour Weather Starts. Andy, just a word on that horse, and maybe illustrating who runs for Clipper Logistics in this. Yeah, both of them got some good time figures, particularly Thunder Love. Um, her first figure when she won, I think it was Kempton first time out, she was incredibly fast. Um, I mean, she's only got a rating of 83, which um, she hasn't had the time to flourish yet, but uh, uh, she, she, she does look up, up to the standard. Um, so, yeah, you wouldn't rule her out. And, and the other one you mentioned, illustrating, a bit disappointed at Royal Ascot, but that was, you know... A second run in her life after winning first time out at Catrick, fairly low low track, and then um, she went to um, uh, Goodwood, of course, and, and and won a won a listed race in, in fairly dominant fashion. So she's a player. I, I think with illustrating, she's looked all speed to me, and I'm not necessarily totally convinced that six furlongs will be her trip. She might end up just being a a, a precocious five furlong sprinter, um, but time will tell. But yeah, they're they're they're, they're players, of course, but. Um, you know, that, that Sandrine form line at um, HQ based on the time figures is, is where you want to be looking. So just to round up, Andy, you're with Desert Dreamer 8-1. to one. At the prices, yeah, each way. We, we've both discussed that. She just doesn't look an 8-1 to shot on all, on all known form. And Rory, you're in the same camp. I'm in the same camp, yeah. She, should, she ought to be second favourite on, on paper. Uh, and she's not the type to bomb out. She's almost certain to run her race, and that's, that's good enough. We, we've already touched slightly on the feature today, the Group 1 Yorkshire Oaks, but it does see Snowfall, who's currently priced as the 1-2 to two favourite. Wonderful Tonight is around 6-1 uh, to one with Ashada at 7-1, to one, Loving Dream at 10-1, to one, Alpinista at 10-1 to one with Alba Flora, then around 12-1, to one, but as big as 16-1. to one. We've then divinely 33 to one, Barani store 66 to one, Nadjakond at 100 to one. Shouldn't probably take too long on this race, chaps. It looks all about snowfall. But if you were going against her, is there anything that makes appeal at a price for you, Rory? Um, yeah, Alpinist is quite interesting. If she if she um, if she rocks up here, um, having won really impressively um, at uh, Hopper Garden last time. That's that's that'll only be eleven days ago. So it's quite a quick turnaround for her. Uh, from that uh, Grosser Prize von Berlin win, but she was really impressive in the end, uh, winning by two and a half lengths. Uh, and that doesn't that doesn't give her much to find um, on paper with the favourites. So she'd be the, the, obviously the tricky thing here is is uh, working out who's going to be declared in the end. And obviously 
Um, we've lost love, and I think it's a very unlikely we'll see wonderful tonight. Um, so the risk is, is liable to cut up um, considerably, and I don't think there'll be each way betting on the day. Um, is anyone daft enough to be betting three places at the moment, Andy? I'm sure you'd have checked that. Um, I haven't, but I, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, no. Nowadays, I think bookmakers are more switched on with that. No, every, everyone's two player, just two places. Yeah, and that's that's. Uh, to be honest, that's right. Uh, people complain about that a bit and say it's it's disgraceful that bookmakers aren't giving three places when there are this, this number of runners, but there aren't really that number of runners, um, and it's it's daft to be um, to be giving money away um, to to shrewdies like Andy Holding uh, when you know there aren't going to be eight runners in the day. Alpinista is, as I said, she doesn't have a huge amount to find. Um, she ran really well on this race last year, and she's progressed again. I thought she was visually very mm -hmm. important about the garden. Um, obviously, um, Snowfall is very, very hard to beat, um, given the wide margins of her wins in two classic races. Um, so I don't want to try to pick holes in Snowfall at all. But um, uh, Alpinista might not be that far behind. And um, if if, uh, if she's a, a backable price, I would um, I would consider her. But I'm not I'm not putting her up as a as a, a likely. Um, uh, uh, winner at this stage, as I said, we'll see. We'll see who's declared and what kind of prices they bet on the day. Okay, interesting thoughts though. Alpinista, short as nine to one with Sky Bet, but as big as twelve to one currently with Betfred. Andy, what about the Ribblesdale form? You've got the winner, Loving Dream, in at ten to one, but as big as twelves, and then Ashada, who was second in that race, five to one with Sky Bet, but as big as seven to one with the likes of Betway, Betfair, and Bet Three Six Five. Yeah, I mean, Loving Dream took advantage of a arguably a substandard um, Ribblesdale, like I say, I don't want to be too detrimental, but um, you know, obviously Snowfall didn't run and we got a few refugees further, further down the field who, who represented the um, the um, Epsom form line, including Dubai Fountain. Um, it's just okay form, isn't it? You know, it's, it's probably as it is, group group two standard, but this is, you know, a genuine group one, uh, whether Loving Dream is good enough to beat Snowfall, I don't have my doubts. Um, Look, I think I think at the price of the moment, I think Snowfall's two one. I think she'd be probably close to two to seven on the day. Mm -hmm. Once we know that Wonderful Tonight and Love are out, once the bookmakers kind of like accept that and come to terms with that, that's going to be the likely situation if we're looking at good ground. Um, and of course, the bet at the moment, if you if you could have been in a wonderful scenario and of betting this, if this was Cheltenham, for instance, they'd be betting without the favourite. There'd be a few markets without the favourite now, but because you know it's not as high profile as a Cheltenham Festival, bookmakers are not going to give you a bet now without the favourite. But if they were in a, in a fantasy land, it'd be Alpinista, because she was ridden with a view to finishing second in this race last year to love, and, and she picked up the pieces. And I think they're more than likely to run her than Alba Flora, because Alba Flora needs cutting the ground. They might as well roll the dice again, and I think she'd be ridden very much with a view to... to to finish in second against the snowfall and if they can get better snowfall bombs out by some miracle then then, then you know they, they, they could even get the gold medal but um i think this will be a five runner race i can't see any more than five horses running in it um so yeah if you are of a of a mind to be uh a, 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 a sort of like a you've got plenty of backbone and you, you're a, you're an odds on you're a buyer of money at two on I think now's the time to just step in and uh, take take the two on because you won't you won't get that on the day. Well, I've I've changed my I haven't changed my mind on this, but I've changed my mind about waiting for decks. Actually, looking at the betting, even with two places, Alpinista at twelve to one. Yeah, um, yeah, that's she's not going to be twelve to one on the day. 
Luke Morris is is dropped up on her. Um, less significant when the owners get the owners get two in the race, but she'd be using different jockeys anyway. But um, unless the weather changes dramatically, um, you can you can work out who's not going to run in this race, and that suggests that Alpinista is, as long as she comes through her her last piece of work okay. That that's all it'll come down to. She's very happy on the ground. So twelve. I mean, there's not much twelve to one around, but there's ten to one in about four or five places, and that will actually be value. So um, there is a half. There's a there's a vague chance that she comes out because her trainer's not happy with her um, so quickly after her last run. But it looks likely that she runs. Um, a couple of her in the market won't run. And I thought I thought that just looking at the betting, um, is Shada's five to one, and mm. Alpinista's twelve. That's just that's just massively mm. wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, Shada might improve a chunk, but she needs to. As Andy uh, was keen not to be rude about the Ribblesdale form, but you can be reasonably rude about it. It, it wasn't a good race. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Alpinistas definitely should be a shorter price than, than um, Ishada, uh, unless I'm missing something about, a, you know, a statement about her um, maybe not running. The, the, the 10 to 1, 12 to 1 is, is far too big in terms of the place terms, even, even with only two places available, because Andy says you're going to get five runners. Um, so and a shorter price on the day about her. So she actually does make appealers each way better now. Maybe maybe I would be so bold, Dan, to offer up an each way double. Um, <laughs> okay. we, we could do Salukan on day one at four to one or nine to two in around that mark with with uh, Alpinista currently at twelve to one. And it's a six to one, six to one double, uh, unless my maths are wrong. Twelve twelve to one quarterly odds mm -hmm. and four four to one fifty odds. Six six to one double. There you go. There we go. Andy holding with a little. You haven't even got a back of winning. You're back to six to one. You got a six to one draw. Yeah. So twelve to one, <laughs> as the guys already said, with Betfred. But Alpinista also available at ten to one with Bet three six five, Paddy Power, William Hill, Betfair, and also Betway. Just a quick word on Snowfall to wrap it up. Obviously, Love used this race as a potential stepping stone for the Arc last year before the ground went against her. Do you see this kind of being a similar route with uh, with Snowfall here, going for this race and then on straight onto the Arc? It looks to be that way, doesn't it, Rory? Yeah, I mean, St. Mark's Basilica, the other big um, classic hope this season um, for, for Aidan O'Brien, um, you know, looks better at mile and a quarter. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of me, he's, he's older horses now, that, but I can't believe that she won't go any other way than the Octa Triumph. But what a race the Octa Triumph is, is working out to be, you know. Maybe Hurricane Lane, maybe Adir. Wonderful tonight. Tanawa. Um, it's, uh, it, it looks, a, unless I missed something out there, I might, I might have done, but it looks, looks like being a spectacular race. And crucially, Rory, she'll get the Phillies allowance as well as a three-year-old. Yeah, the three-year-old Phillies, um, again, you look through the history of the race, they do tremendously well um, if, they are, if they are genuinely top class. In an ideal world, you're looking for a three-year-old filly who's just coming to her peak in the autumn, whereas of course Snowfall has been has been very much hitting the uh, the target uh, mid-summer. So that's a that's a marginal question mark. But otherwise, um, she ticks all the boxes. Uh, yeah, and, and as Andy was saying, um, so Mark's Basilica, um, a a has had this setback, and b he'd be the first horse in a million years not not to be proven at a mile and a half to win an arc. Um, just going back through through the history of the race is pretty much pretty much unknown for for a uh, a horse who's not um, who's not proven Group One horse over a mile and a half to step up in trip um, for the race. So um, I'd have been negative about him anyway, uh, even more so after after having a setback now. And she does seem she seems um, by far the Ballet Doyle number one string uh, for the race. So yeah, it seems all systems go for that for her. 
So Snowfall 2-1 to one on currently to win the Yorkshire Oaks on Thursday for Aidan O'Brien. Then moving on across the rest of the card on day two, we'll go to the three o'clock, which is one of the big competitive handicaps today, the £100,000 Clipper Logistics handicap over uh, just around seven furlongs. Obviously, we haven't got the full deck to this yet, but the current market on odds checker, you've got the Trinidad and May Danny, along with Migration and Star of Orion, 10 to 1 co-favourites of four. Astro King is at 12 to 1. Amethyst, Magical Morning, Montatham and Orban all at 14 to 1 with Barshir, Escobar, Fame and Acclaim, King Ottica and Pythagoras 16 to 1 and 20 to 1 bar. Obviously, it's early days. No, uh, no declared runners yet. But is there anything at the moment, guys, that's sticking out? Rory, start with you first. Well, the obvious one in the uh, in the Clipper Logistics is the is um, uh, David Minuissier's migration. who have been off the track for um, the best part of two years. Um, very eye-catching run, first time out at, at Salisbury before um, uh, before winning really well at Goodwood. Um, and he's clearly ahead of his mark. And this being an early closer, he's got a penalty for that. Um, he'd have a big chance. But uh, I don't think he'll run on fast ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his trainer thinks he'd be <laughs> as effective back at a mile. Not entirely sure about that. I think the mile and a quarter suits him really well. But he said because he's had an injury, he didn't want to run on quick ground. He was due to run at Newmarket. Um, at the July meeting and he's pulled out there because of the quickish ground so unless it rains I think migration might be taken out of that so just be wary of backing him anti-post uh, if you're inclined to do that at the moment um, I'm going to put one up at a, at a bigger price I think he might be an even bigger price on the day than he is than he is currently um, there's a horse I've mentioned before here I mentioned him for the um, uh, if I can find him I hope he's still in the race I think he's far enough down Pythagoras is a horse um, that, that I like um, that we haven't quite seen the best of yet. Uh, the argument I made for him going into the um, into the Dante, I thought he might sneak into the frame in the Dante at a, at a biggish price, um, was that I don't think he wants to go right-handed. Um, although he's, he's run right-handed more often than he's run left-handed. But he looked off around the bends twice last year uh, at Ripon and at Beverly. And I didn't think, I thought, although he won both of those races, I think he won despite going right-handed. And again, he's he hasn't run badly in his last couple of starts, but he hasn't um, he hasn't progressed. Whereas I think his best effort on paper is his run on the Dante. And unfortunately, having made the running on his reappearance at Epsom, I thought he I thought he'd race reasonably handy on the Dante, uh, which ended up um, being a slightly a slightly odd race in the um, in the way the uh, uh, the leader was allowed to go clear and the, the pack did their own thing. Um, he finished sixth in the end, beaten six lengths. Um, I think he's value for that. And that's a bit of a standout on his card. And I think most people will think, well, he hasn't hasn't really progressed in two runs since that. Maybe he's flattered as a lot of horses can be in finishing reasonably close up in group races. But I think he's worth persevering with going left-handed. Um, uh, I, I'd want a biggish price about him because, you know, my theory isn't, um, isn't exactly copper-bottomed. Um, but if you take the view, he was too keen at Epsom. Um, I, they didn't really intend to make the running with him, I think, in the in the um, the Blue Ribbon trial. Um, but he just happened to bounce out uh, and get to the front. And he raced a bit too freely that day. But he he went well for a long way. He shaped well before fading and wasn't given a hard time. Um, as I said, he stepped up on that when, when sixth in the Dante, while still giving the impression that maybe he could have finished closer um, if he didn't come from so far back in the field. And two runs since have been respectable right-handed. But as I said, because my view is that he actually wants to go left-handed rather than right, I will give him a chance to actually improve here. Hopefully he sneaks in. He's number 28 on the list. 
but I think we'll get two or three non-runners and I hope, I'm hoping he, he'll sneak in right at the bottom of the weights. If not, I'm, I'm waiting for another opportunity for him. Paul Hannigan already dropped up and as Rory says, 16 to 1 currently at the moment across the board for Pythagoras in the Clipper Logistics Handicap. What about yourself, Andy? Yeah, it's an interesting um, angle there with, with Rory Pythagoras. He, he didn't run too badly in, in the dance at all. Um, so he's got course form. Um, so that's a plus. And the other horse that's got a yeah, huge foot claw, uh, course form for me, and he's improving, he's still Trinidad. Um, he clocked a big number when he won here um, in July, beating a, a good field. And a lot of horses out of that race have either gone on to win or, or run well subsequently in big handicaps. So um, I'm fairly confident that that form line is going to hold up. Um, he's run here a numerous amount of occasions, but he just seems to be improving. Like, he had a fair year as a three-year-old, but seems to have come of age of late. Uh, following his run beyond Kidron um, early on in the season, similar race to this. And um, Connections have gone out of the way to book um, Oshie Murphy as well already. They've got him in the can. So that's a, a signal of intent if ever there was one for Le Trinidad. So he'd be the one I'd be concentrating on. Albeit not a you know, fantastic price, like 10 to 1 the field, and he's one of the favourites, but um, he, he's got solid form. Latrinet had 10 to 1 with the likes of Bet365, Skybet, Unibet, and also Betfred. Just a couple of others to mention, given we've got a few jockeys booked up. Frankie de Torres on Magical Morning, Ryan Moore on Astro King, and also the joint top weight by the looks of things, Jim Crowley on May Danny and Ben Curtis on Marie's Diamond. Just a word on any of them chaps, maybe you first, Rory, any, any of those of interest out of those? I, listen, I think this is a very tight handicap, and I'd, I'd, um, uh, I'd be inclined... Um, to look at it again when I see um, decks and stalls positions here and get an idea of what, what the pace is going to be. Uh, those you've mentioned all um, have have um, solid enough claims on paper. Um, none of them are standouts to me as, as such, as, as Andy says, it's a 10 to 1 the field race and it should be. It's that competitive. Um, so I'm looking, I'm looking to get a little bit of uh, an angle here. I'm not some um, uh, I'm not ruling anything out by uh, by going with my selection, but um, uh, I'd be a bit surprised if Maurice Diamond won. I'll, I'll say that. Um, uh, Maurice Diamond has been a little bit disappointing. You could argue dropping into handicap company might might um, uh, see an improvement there. And, and Maurice Diamond has got the size and the scope to, to carry a big weight, but that'd be a little bit of a surprise. Otherwise, um, those, those that you've picked out um, are obvious enough sorts who, um, if they get the right sort of right sort of draw the right kind of breaks in the race uh, could be competitive but um i'll uh, i'll stick with what i have at the moment and then reassess the race uh, based on um on final decks and uh stalls positions and then maybe maybe look for a, a saver there as well just finally on this race and we've also got montavum in it who won the race last year he was well beaten in group two company last time out what do you make of his chances off off a mark of 107 given yeah. him it's off 104 last year yeah i don't mind Having a look at horses that have been running in group races, dropping back into handicaps. Um, Matsu Carhale, who won the Bunbury Cup, was a classic point in case, wasn't he? I think he raced of 109 that day and he bolted up. So you often find that horses that you need a group horse to win these races nowadays, uh, whether you've got an established horse in group races or one coming through the ranks. Um, he's a horse I like. He's got a good cruising speed. He's, he's won at York, which you pointed out. Um, he didn't get suited by the run of the race here last time out. Which you could, um, you know, give him a pass for. Um, I just think there's others probably arriving here in slightly better shape than he's this time around. Whereas last year he came in on a crest of a wave. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd have to have um, a huge 
set of rose tinted glasses with him to back him this year. Even I did back him last year, but not this time around. The other interesting thing is is that um, Jim Crowley is, is uh, already dropped up, um, as far as I can see, on on Carter, which maybe suggests that um, Montetham is is uh, an unlikely runner. He's in the celebration mile um, in a week or so's time at Goodwood, so that might be the uh, uh, the plan. Or or then again, you know. He's been kept in there, and maybe Jim will have a rethink. Just because you see these um, jockey bookings at the uh, at the entry stage, it doesn't mean that they're um, absolutely set in stone. So just to round up, Rory's with Pythagoras at sixteen to one, and we've also got Andy with La Trinidad for Roger Fell, who is around the ten to one mark. Just looking across the rest of the racing, one of the most interesting races, I guess, on paper is the four forty-five over a mile and four furlongs. That's the British EBF and Sir Henry Cecil. Gultra Stakes, it's a listed event. It's been won in recent years by the likes of Latida and Searcher of Songs. Dermot World could potentially be uh, represented here. He's got Zawara among the entries and also Amma Grace. Just looking at the race in general, chaps, maybe start with you, Andy. Is there anything that's caught your eye uh, since the entries have come out? Yeah, there's a, there's a horse of John Gosden's in this. It's a race that, <coughs> excuse me, John has done quite well in recent times. As you mentioned, uh, Larty Dahl won it three years ago. Um, he's got a lightly race filly called um, uh, Pennymore, mm. who um, bumped into a, a, a useful colt um, of Sir Michael Stout's at Pontefract on the turf um, early on in the season. Um, and then she went to, she had a bit of a break and then came back at Kempton the other night and absolutely bolted. She won by nine and a half lengths, but the time figure was. As, you, as you'd imagine, with a horse winning nine and a half lengths um, was exceptionally good. And it just seems to me that she might have just come of age uh, in a very short space of time. Um, I think the mile and a half as well suited at Kempton, whereas the mile and a quarter, probably not so much at, at um, Pontefract. Um, and it'd be interesting if he ends up running her. Um, and with Frankie Dettori already booked to ride, I would tend to be leaning towards that way with her. So, yeah, no prices at the time of recording, but um, I'd imagine she'd be one of the ones prominent in the market come Thursday morning. Frank Hidditori and the Godolphin Blue for John and Thady Gosden. What about yourself, Rory? Uh, yeah, this should be a race to, uh, to back Luca Kamani's in back in the day. Uh, <laughs> and interestingly, um, he always had a type for this. He, he, um, he'd always have a lit developer um, who would, you know, wouldn't have run in, um, enlisted a group company before, maybe unraced at two. Um, and just beginning to peak, and in that regard, Pennymore is the one who actually very much fits that that category. Um, having only uh, made her debut in June, as Andy said, it was a big big improvement. In fact, I mean, she was not on favourite, but she wasn't expected to win quite as easily as she did at um, at Kempton. And there's no doubt she took her form up um, to uh, to a new level in that win. Um, and yes, yeah, she does very much fit the fit the the bill of, of a, a filly who's improving rapidly, which I think you can end up. Um, throwing a lot of money at, at highly rated fillies and mares in this race and come unstuck. I wouldn't, I mean, Cabalette is the, the top rated um, on the adjusted timeform figures and I wouldn't be backing her with stolen money. Um, Amma Grace, again, you know, she's she comes out well enough at the uh, um, at the weights, but she seems to have stalled a little bit as well. So I'd, uh, I'd, I'm looking for a filly who's improving. The two that I would that I would consider, as um, Andy's already said, so it's Penny Moore. I'd also um, go back to Tiona. We had a big reputation earlier in the year. She came here and she started um, second favourite. Uh, I think she was the morning favourite for the Musidora behind uh, Snowfall. Um, and she was she was just um, undone by greenness that day. She she was making her um, her turf debut. Um, she'd been really impressive on, on the all-weather in Newcastle before that. But she had an awful lot to learn. 
Um, they decided to stick. I, I thought going to Epsom was a terrible idea after that. Um, but uh, they went to Epsom with her and she ran no race in the uh, uh, in the Oaks wearing a hood. Um, I'd have been inclined after York because that was, you know, she got she got a little bit upset that day. Um, the race didn't wasn't run to suit her. I'd have I'd have written Epsom off and given her a little bit of a break and brought her back. But at least they've given her a break after Epsom. Hopefully that's done the job. She's been off for 10 or 11 weeks uh, since that run. She definitely retains plenty of um, plenty of upside uh, as long as you know she hasn't had her brains blown um, by that experience. You know she had, she had a, that kind of experience here at York in the Musadora, and then to go to Epsom after that 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 can affect a filly's confidence and their temperament. So I'd be a little concerned about that. But she's um, she's a filly who looks um, to have the world at her feet um, before she ran on the Musadora. The fact that she was fancied to be Snowfall by by plenty of good judges tells you a lot about her and it's just a case of whether they can rescue her season that's interesting so i was going to actually ask you about tiona so that's quite interesting you brought her up david egan already booked up to ride in the 76 day layoff as rory said she should obviously clearly come on for having that break after the oaks just one i was going to ask you quickly about andy is portfolio so michael stout last won this in 2016 with abaddon portfolio represents her majesty the queen and looks like ryan moore's going to ride just a word on her yeah, that race at um, Newmarket, when she was third behind Saviour Forest, it was a very good race on the time figures. Um, the winner of Roger Varian's um, was quite highly touted early on in the season. Um, I think she ran in the Linkfield Oaks and got bogged down on the ground, if, I, if my mind um, isn't playing tricks on me. But yeah, I mean, she's a fast ground horse that stays really well, seems to be improving. Yeah, couldn't, um, couldn't put you off her if you if you... If you've got a real strong view with with her, so just to round up on the race itself, Rory looks like he's with Tiona for Roger Varian, I'm guessing, and Andy, you're with Pennymore. Pennymore, yeah, 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 I like her profile, yeah. Great, and then just moving on to the rest of the card, we've got before the listed Gulcher Stakes at four ten, we've got the EBF Stallions Nursery Handicap. Lots of competitive runners look to be in that when the final decks come out. And then in the 520, we've also got the Phillies handicap over seven furlongs. Uh, anything in either of those two races that stands out for you, Rory, at the minute? Um, I'm not sure she gets in the race, but Celestial Queen's quite interesting in the in the finale. They're going to go fast here, I would have thought. A Highfield Princess has shown that she's a she's a high-class filly who can um, go fast. Um, and I think the others will not want to let her go. She's up to a mark of 104 now, which will make things tough for her. Um, but I think that pretty much guarantees you're going to have a very strong pace here. Um, and if we do have a very strong pace, then it will suit the hold-up horses. And uh, I think Celestial Queen's interesting. She um, she's bred to be quite useful, but it, it took her a while for the penny to drop. But she was so she was running off a mark of um, 59 when she won a red card early, early in the season. But she's proven herself to be better than that since, despite actually pulling up at Leicester. Uh, she ran her best race at Thirst last time out um, when winning narrowly, but she looked like she should have won that by a wide margin. Um, she is a lot higher in the weights, um, which which makes it tough for her. Um, she should be out of the handicap here unless something at the top comes out. And if, um, you know, if, for example, Highfield Princess didn't run in the end, uh, that would that would massively help her chances of, of A, getting in the race and, and B, having a, a more realistic weight, but I can see her running well despite the fact that um, um, that she's she's I think she's twelve pounds wrong. Um, so on paper she looks like a massive outsider, but I think she's improving rapidly at this stage of the season. Uh, and if she does sneak into the weights, 
and gets a run. I can see her mm -hmm. running um, above herself. Although the the owners also have um, improvised in the race, so whether they want to go double handed or not, I don't know. But as I said, if if, if by some chance she rocks up in that race, um, she's capable of uh, outrunning what should be fairly big odds. Okay, so Celestial Queen in the finale if she gets in for Rory. What about you, Andy? Anything in either the four ten or the five twenty? Um, I'm a big fan of um, Affable, a horse uh, trained over in Ireland uh, by Ken Condon. Ken's horses are in fantastic form at the moment, as we know. Um, and she won very easily at Cork the other day. Very uh, uh, good time figure. Um, she came there cruising at the furlong pole and won with any mountain hand. Seven furlongs is definitely a trip. They actually ran over five furlongs the time before behind a horse called Provocateurs, which seemed bizarre given her, uh, her overall profile was very much suggesting that she went beyond six furlongs. Uh, but she's got a good cruising speed. I think she's quite well handicapped off 85. And in the nursery, um, I've been waiting for a horse to run for quite a while called K.O. Shark, who clocked a big number when winning at Haydock when we last saw him 83 days ago. Uh, but he's running on debut uh, behind uh, Armour over five furlongs at Goodwood in that very good time figure race. Um, he had no... Uh, he had no chance of living with obviously Richard Hannans also who's, who's proven himself at group level over five furlongs. Um, but yeah, stepping up to seven furlongs, he very much came into his own last time. I'm not sure why he's been off since, but Holly Doyle's been booked by the looks of it. Um, so yeah, KO Shark would be of a uh, degree of interest providing he gets a good draw come Thursday. Okay, fascinating. KO Shark in the 410 and back in the 520. It's affable for Andy. So just to round up, chaps, Rory, start with you. Your, your uh, main fancy on Thursday at York? Uh, I, I think I've talked myself around into back in Alpinista each way in the uh, in the Yorkshire Oaks. Alpinista, uh, yeah. at the moment. Okay, so make sure if you're going to back Alpinista, you get a price very quickly. And what about yourself, Andy? Um, oh, yeah, I thought Roy was going to go down the old Pythagoras route there, to be honest, but um, he's, he's through a curveball. Uh, yeah, but the prices, I'll, I'll be more than happy to say there's a dreamer. We could actually stick that in the each way multiples, it, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. So should we should we go in? Should we have an each way treble then? Um, Desert Dream. Yeah, I'll, I'll work that out. What was it? Uh, so we've got Sir Lucan on day one, Alpenor Al Alpenista, uh -huh. and we're saying Desert Dreamers. There you go, eighteen to one. Eighteen to one treble. Eighteen to one. Lovely. Like, Let's hope like, those better than our Royal Ascot each way double, which was <laughs> which was the best value ever. Um, yeah. And sadly. Uh, came unstuck about half an hour before the race. Well, we, li we live in our bay, Rory. Yeah, uh, wipe the slate clean. Yeah, we've got short. <laughs> we got we've, we've got short memories in this game. So Desert Dreamer eight to one in the Desert opener. Desert Dreamer eight to one. Yeah, lava stakes. Thanks again for to Rory and Andy for their time. We'll be back later on in the week previewing day three and day four of the Welcome to Yorkshire Ebor Festival. Good luck with your bets. Remember to keep checking the odds checker app for the best prices and also Andy's tips. And hopefully you can back a few winners on the Knavesmire on Wednesday and Thursday.